Gotta say, I'm still really disappointed that Dustin wasn't on this week. I really wanted to hear that fake brain stew. Yeah, I keep no kidding. I keep getting confused by uh, Cody's entrance, which does like the gold chandelier, and I'm like, oh, it's Dustin, and I keep thinking, and then it's like, oh, right, no, it's Cody. No, how could you get it mistaken? Cody is all like majestic and and stupid and overblown, and Dustin is having trouble trying to sleep. No, but their entrances start out the same. No, his counting sheep are running out. That's exactly. It's completely different than rising from a ground chandelier and wrestling. No, no, no. Once the chandelier, once the chandelier rises, it's like, oh, it's Cody. But they both have the same, like, fake gold dust intro. I'm not sure they do. No, they don't. I mean, yeah, Dustin does have, like, a cool, like, fake gold dust beginning part before it cuts into, hey, check it out, here's Green Day, but not. <laughs> but it is, it's different. It, it is definitely different and, and noticeably different. I, you I Billy Joe Senpai? I just want <laughs> someone to use Vince Russo's WCW theme. No. Do we you not remember Vince Russo's WCW? I do, but no! I do. We're not acknowledging him. Yeah, that's a I, big ass no. I love no! Vince Russo. As time no! takes by, still I try to forget Vince Russo's WCW theme. I, I Oscar, wanted to no. do a Takes Bakery about how Bash at the Beach 2000 is a masterpiece, and Owen was like, no, you fucking aren't. Vince Russo follows me on Twitter. I don't want to piss him off. This is this is off the rails. This is this yeah, can't. I'm, I'm getting the Tai Chi timer prep. We got it. We got to do something about this. Trace, we're yeah. on our own. Here we go. Go on. This week, Ring of Honor sure seems to be on fire as per usual. Between that and WWE's recent mishaps, we're going to talk about the future of the movement to unionize wrestling business, and if we even think it has one. Plus, we got this week's Dynamite, full gear predictions, and some NXT if we bother to care. All this and more tonight on Heal Alternative. I'm having trouble trying to sleep. I'm counting shit but running out. As time ticks by, still I try. No rest for cause, chops in my mind. On my own, here we go. My eyes feel like they're gonna bleed. Dried up and bulging out my skull My mouth is dry My face is numb Spawn out in my room On my own, here we go Comrades, one and all, it is Wednesday, November 6th And welcome to episode 6 of Heal Alternative ProWrestling.Cool's podcast for AEW Dynamite, NXT, and all things in the world of professional wrestling outside Vince's purview. Heck of a show for you tonight. We're gonna... I mean, it's gonna be a little less angry than last week, thankfully, because we're not dealing with fucking racism, but we're dealing with massive incompetence and just, like, companies that should... 
<clears throat> have standards not doing that. So yeah, get hype for uh, being pissed off about shit again. I am hyped, though, so you know what? Let's get into it. And I'm your host, John Gavrikski Maxwell, joined as always by Trace Evans. Hey, how's it going, John? Um, I am on the decline. I am. I don't have. I don't have the cool thing to say. Mercury on whatever his new Twitter handle is. I mean, he's in retrograde. Is the retrograde that you know? Trace in retrograde. That that sounds cool too. I'll say that. I'm in retrograde. (laughs) I'm gonna burn it all down with me. Oscar Bernard, how you doing? I'm doing fine. I don't think it's fair to call NXT out of Vince's purview anymore because their main roster Raw and SmackDown people now. You yeah, it's true. You shut your we, fucking mouth. It's still real to me, damn it. It's still Triple H's baby. We we talked a lot about that on the Mothership Daddy this week. It's kind of weird to have that be our fucking SmackDown talk, but I mean, hey, it's more NXT than we're probably going to talk about on this week's episode of Heel Alternatives, so I guess it works out. Triple H has a yeah, special yeah. code word that he says and everybody gets good again. You're on the you're on the other shows, the show where you guys still pretend to care about WWE. And well, not and not I fucking, pretend to care about WWE. And not fucking being like, I wanna not watch this show because their response to their wrestlers getting held hostage was to do more shows in the country that held them hostage. They weren't held hostage. It was totally a mechanical failure. And then the pilots needed to be exchanged. And then the planes needed to be exchanged. Totally, totally a mechanical failure. It's true. Corey Graves was there. And if you keep posting about it on Twitter, I swear to fucking God. Stop talking about it. It's totally was a mechanical failure. And if any wrestler has the right to be mad about it, it's Randy Orton. But Randy Orton's not mad, so you can't be mad. He's actually laughing. <laughs> I mean, hey, he just he just probably got the biggest money deal of his career because he pretended like he was going to leave. You know what? I gotta say, like, as much as he is a complete and utter human piece of shit that deserves nothing but scorn and failure for the ways that he is like horribly treated people and like sexually harassed and and done shit like that if all the stories that we've heard about him are true all that said fucking comrade randy fucking up the man by just like playing like he was ever going to leave for aew to just get like a gigantic payday to continue to not give a fuck and just like completely be useless for most of the year I mean, that's kind of the life, you know? I, I wrestled good once. What if I wrestle good elsewhere? Oh, thank you, money truck. Beep, 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 beep. Back it up to the house. Put it in the garage. Oh, so much money to swim in. All right, back to hanging out at my house saying the N-word on Twitch streams. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's our awful Randy. Fuck you, Randy. Get paid. Wrestling sure is filled with awful people. It sure is. Holy shit. And that's a good uh, way to go into our first topic for tonight, which is, hey, let's talk about the most awful people. Shockingly, not Vince McMahon and his demon spawn. Not this week. Are no, we we're in fact surprised mm-hmm. that Sinclair Broadcasting is a piece of shit. No, no we're absolutely not. not. But like, this is an indie fed. They don't. They shouldn't be this shitty. They they should be trying to be a little bit better so that they can maybe rise up and then be rich and shitty. 
they were at one point. We're talking about Ring of Honor here. Like, yeah, I know that, like, yes, you could say whatever you're going to say about how, like, Sinclair doesn't actually really care about the quality of the programming that they make so long as it's cheap and, like, so long as it's just easy for them to, like, not have to give a shit about it. But, like, we're talking about a company that was at one point, like, the second biggest wrestling company in this country, potentially. I would say so. I mean, consider the people came out of it. You know, some guy by the name of Tyler Black, some guy by the name of CM Punk, some guy by the name of Simone Joe, some guy by the name of Brian Danielson. There are a lot of names that came out of Ring of Honor. Huge fucking names. And they, they at least left enough of a legacy behind that there was some good shit there for a while. And then, you know, look, Ring of Honor exists now just so that WWE can buy their tape library and put out a Best of Seth Rollins compilation. At this point, probably. Hey, let's be fair, we'll also get some good Kevin Owens shit. Yeah, it's also true. Like, hey, one name one person I missed right there. There you go. But anyway, all of this is a lead-up to uh, talk about what happened last week. Uh, after we... Uh, went off the air here it was a started things started coming out on friday that uh joey mercury uh you know formerly of uh wwe wrestling fame of j and j security you may remember him in his last role also, and also just hmm? i'm just gonna say I, mean, I think you're probably say too probably one of the best agents out there for any wrestling like one of the best minds to pick yeah, absolutely. Like, he had a fantastic, like, mind backstage, and, like, that's a lot of what he was doing for Ring of Honor. Uh, yep. And he either quit or was fired. It's not very clear what happened here. Yeah, it was probably he was going to be fired at some point. The way that he was putting out these messages of people threatening him and things of that nature about the way he was handling his job, basically taking somebody's uh, ineptitude and taking it in his own hands to try and fix the, fix the shit. And, yeah. yeah, I mean, good on him for that, for one. But, yeah, he was getting threatened to be fired by a certain general manager. And also, he kind of acted like, no, well, fuck that. I'm just going to quit on my own. You can't fire me. Yep, it's quite possibly you can't fire me, I quit scenario. But hey, what really matters is out of all this, Joey Mercury just went to Twitter and took the Jordan Miles uh, approach of never stop tweeting. And Mm -hmm. oh boy, did he fucking put out some serious allegations against fucking uh, Ring of Honor and general manager uh, Greg Gilland and like Sinclair writ large. Yeah, this is like, if you're a fan of Boston, this is like a little more tea than tea party kind of shit right here. This is some intense emails and details and some real nasty stuff you normally don't hear that is completely valid there, I should say. It's not like he's dragging people in an awkward way. This is some real bullshit. Yeah, and it's real bullshit that, like, as we'll we'll get to uh, in a little bit, it's corroborated by people that would know. Yeah. Let's actually talk about some of the things that, like, he alleged are going on here in Ring of Honor, because, oh, yeah, Jesus. I, I've actually heard nothing of this situation. Oh, shit, oh, or, I mean, oh, shit, Oscar. I was about to say Owen, because I thought you didn't know anything about this. I don't know why. Um, I'm offended. Weird. Freudian. Uh, well, you should be. Goddamn. 
So uh, basically, what he's been alleging here is that like Ring of Honor, uh, just based on like whether it's Sinclair's funding of it or just poor management, probably a mix of everything, is just like so strapped for resources and so not putting like their resources where they need to that like we see they're having a lot of issues of things that they're not having like say for example they don't have security working events so like part of this is he alleged that like hey remember that incident that was all fucked up a few months ago where like velvet sky was getting yelled at by some dude and bully ray brought him backstage Yep, I sure remember that because oh, yeah. that was a whole thing in itself, and a lot of people saying, "Hey, you know, Bully Ray shouldn't be bringing people backstage to yell at them well, about stuff like that." And yeah, totally fair. Like, but also, if somebody's yelling at wrestlers like that, they should be kicked the fuck out. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's and, and to reiterate, Which, that is our our stance on that is motherfucker should not have been brought backstage to be threatened by a wrestler. That's some weird shit. He, if he was really causing a scene, kick him the fuck out. Say, sorry, we don't care that you fucking paid for your ticket. You're being disruptive. Bye. Yep, exactly. Problem is they couldn't do that because they weren't paying for security. Yeah, so that explains a lot. Like, what the fuck? Well, the wrestlers can just do it themselves, obviously. Though we just found out that doesn't work because it creates a shitstorm. <laughs> just like, don't be another a fan. thing. Oh, be a star. Uh, just, just go out there and be a fan, Oscar. Just go out there and be a fan. Uh, another thing they're not paying for: medical staff. That is supremely fucked up. And like, some places, I'm surprised you can get events off without getting shut down for that. Yeah, because like. like didn't we just have a certain issue with New Japan in, I don't know, New York, where they tried running an event? And if you don't have an ambulance at events, generally, you can't kick them off if there's anything that could possibly cause any sort of physical harm. Well, Bully Ray's truck d- doubles as an ambulance for legal reasons. You know, I, I now I'm wondering if like ODB's food truck could double as that, and maybe that's why it's a tragedy burned down. So, Mercury cited a few incidents in which recently happened that, you know, kind of put this into perspective what's going on here. Like, say, for example, when Jay Lethal broke his arm in England recently. Oh, yeah. That was hard to read. Yep, like saying that, you know, basically alleging that Gilland wasn't present for there. Like, basically, Lethal was just kind of left on his own to just, like, do his own thing and, like, worry about it himself. Like, nobody had like any way to like really get anywhere marty scurll had to apparently like order people ubers to get people to the hotels if i'm remembering this correctly wasn't it one of the motor city machine guns like i think it was sabin was ha- or shelly i think it was maybe um um had to actually work with jay lethal trying to heal him up or is that before this all happened so that's actually another incident which yes uh one of the motor city machine guns who you know he's only there as a wrestler but he's also like what apparently one of the only people backstage that's like a certified trainer yeah, like, completely accurate yeah and he they have texts of him saying this is i'm certified to do this and this not this yeah like he has basically been helping uh talent like backstage with some things kind of for free just mm-hmm. when needed and like i he possibly could have been helping lethal i don't really know that for certain but one thing i definitely know that he did help with is when uh flip gordon dislocated his elbow oh shit that's what i'm thinking about yeah it was flip gordon dislocating his elbow helping him kind of try and knock it back in place 
Yeah, it was basically him, uh, Joey Mercury, Brody King, and Bandito reset Flip Gordon's elbow because they didn't have any trained professionals. This is farm leak bullshit. This is also a company that apparently doesn't have a concussion protocol. Uh, yeah, we certainly know that after another certain issue where a wrestler almost got sent on a plane to a location. Yep, Kelly Klein, then that, and Joey Mercury specifically called out when Kelly Klein, uh, was gonna send her to work in South Africa, the company was gonna send her to work in South Africa after a concussion. Doesn't New Japan also not have a concussion protocol? Like, is that not kind of standard in wrestling, unfortunately? I think New Japan has at least something in place. I doubt it's adequate because it's Japan culture. They walk it off. Also, isn't Shibata trying to wrestle again? Yeah, but they are extensively testing him because they don't... There you have a different situation because you don't want another Misawa situation where you have a wrestler die in the ring. Like, yeah, that's not going to be good for anybody if that gets yeah. involved. Basically, there's a good chance if that happens, you will get actual politicians in Japan stepping in and shutting down a lot of pro wrestling. So they want to avoid that. And Whereas, one final thing that he yeah. kind of goes into here, Mercury does, uh, is just basically saying that like there's no communication with talent and like n- no really valuing the talent that they have. Uh, cited things yeah. like not telling Shane Taylor that they probably weren't going to renew his contract. Supremely fucked up. He has a family. Mm-hmm. Also feels like they're not really using Bandito properly. Um, beyond that... Uh actually using his inability to understand English to try and lowball him on a goddamn contract. What the Which is fuck? insanely fucked up. Yeah, because he's pretty much one of their best talents that isn't, like, villain enterprises. And that's to say nothing of the parts we have seen that Joey shared with permission of Kelly Klein's contract offer. And holy shit... Nobody should be in a company like Ring of Honor and be making $24,000 a year. It's insane. That is fucked up. That doesn't include health insurance. There's no benefits there. That is $24,000, $2,000 a month. And the argument was, even though she's one of their top women's talents, oh, well, you know, we, we have to keep it fair for everybody equal because we know we all talk. Which, by the way, that's no excuse. That's... The only way it's okay is, well, if something else happens, which I think we'll get to later. It's fucking ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous. And yeah, like, in after all this, and like, you know, Joey, uh, Joey also coming out and kind of defending himself again, because, yeah, uh, Gillen basically alleged that he fired Joey Ryan because, or Joey Ryan, Joey Mercury, because he was uh-huh. doing drugs. Which, yeah, I mean, okay, sure. He's done drugs before. We've known this has been an issue, but that doesn't excuse anything else. You're just trying to distract. Amazing. Yeah. It's like which when, also, uh, and if if he wasn't actually doing that, and you're just using that as an excuse to fucking tar him because it's like he has a history of that, so like fucking plausible deniability. Fuck you. Yeah, absolutely. There, it, it's very much the. I feel like there's so much of this going on in this day and age where the way to discredit somebody. Is even if you've done wrong, oh well, look at them. They they got some bad history in there. Huh, makes you think. 
I'm just asking yeah. the questions here. Can you really trust them? Yeah. Just just really think about it a little bit. Think about who you can really trust and what's real and what's fake in this world. Meanwhile, yeah, okay. Kelly Klein and uh, B.J. Whitmer have both gone on record and basically been like, yeah, no, he's completely right in all of this. Mm-hmm. And for the record, because Kelly Klein, obviously, is still a great wrestler, B.J. Whitmer went on to AEW, so, uh, yeah, he kind of... He's kind of still valued. It's not like he's trying to do his retribution. He's getting paid proper now. Yeah, and Kelly Klein, like, actually kind of came out and said, like, I'm really scared that I'm going to get retaliated against for saying this. Yeah, true. And, you know, but she still thinks it's the right thing to do. And you know what? Honestly, I think there's enough. Thanks to everything that's going on in wrestling last year, I think she'll have a chance at actually not getting blackballed anywhere. I like to think so. I'd hope so, at least. But yeah, none of these seem like moves that like a company that is not on the verge of fucking death would do. And like, it's kind of hard not to feel like that's kind of what's happening when like, have you seen some of the footage of like their last show that they did like a, a live show out of like Pennsylvania? No, I, just, like, I don't think I have. Because like I saw some some clips and there is no one in that crowd. The thing for me that was a red flag was, and I think I think it's in Vegas, this area, but there's a Samstown arena. And to me, when you're performing at Samstown, you're either on your way up or on your way down. Like, it is a small-ass arena. It looks like shit. Mm. And I've usually seen much smaller independent organizations that don't have names and probably don't exist anymore playing there. And when you have Ring of Honor playing there, to me, that's a sign... Either they're just there because they can't get a bigger arena and this is all I got, or more likely, they can't draw anymore. I mean, seem like they are. No. When's the last time Ring of Honor? Who like who are the last other than Villain Enterprises? Who are the last people Ring of Honor have had that are not New Japan people? Um, that's a great question. Uh, I think it's like Silas Young and like Shane Taylor and you know you got your Women of Honor yeah I don't know of anybody else Women of Honor hell of a division yeah that they really fucked up terribly and I mean let's get just real briefly I'll just say this I think Ring of Honor fucked themselves over because they saw Bullet Club rise up in New Japan they hitched their wagon right to that and rode it through with a bunch of ROH talent, helping them out with the Gaijin uh, invasion of New Japan and all that. And then just blindly kind of let New Japan run away with their good talent. Well, but I mean, I mean, look, I think Ring of Honor... It, I hate to say that the thing that fucked Ring of Honor probably the most is AEW. Because otherwise they would have kept being able to use Omega, the Bucks, Cody... No. No, hands down, I will completely stop you in there and say no. They'd go to WWE. Like you this think is... they, you think they would have actually gone to WWE? A hundred percent. They, they've even said this themselves. Like this is something I think we brought up in a conversation. I don't think it was last week, but I've brought it up somewhere before. I think it probably was with Owen actually on the premiums. But there is no situation in which the Bucks and Omega would have stayed with New Japan and Ring of Honor because the reason they went to AEW. 
is because Tony Khan stepped in right before they signed with WWE. And they were looking at WWE deal, which WWE was agreeing to them with everything they wanted. Extra time off, a limited match schedule, things of that nature. To the point where Omega looked at the Bucks and said, shit, we're just going to go and sign with WWE, aren't we? So, yeah, they, they, they've said this before. I think it was an interview with Chris Van Vliet in which the Bucks kind of talked about this. But, yeah, they, there's no situation in which Ring of Honor and New Japan kept the elite. So... They, they kind of fucked themselves over. They were kind of fucked six ways sideways themselves, having no, not developed any talent of their own. All the talent they had been getting over was getting over in New Japan with New Japan branding. Yep. And again, yeah, just I, letting I, New Japan walk all over the talent that they built up. Like, you know, hey, yeah. that Kevin that Kevin Steen Shinsuke Nakamura match is real cool. Who wins that match again? Oh, Shinsuke Nakamura. What a surprise. Weird. Yeah. Almost as if, you know, he's like New Japan, bigger than them. Yeah, almost like the biggest Ring of Honor star can't beat, you know, the the biggest New Japan star. Or even the guy that's just under the biggest New Japan star. Mm -hmm. Which, uh, this is me sidetracking, obviously, from the big situation at hand here. But this is just me trying to point out Ring of Honor really didn't have a plan B for what would happen with the passage of time. And it really just led to this being extra fucked up. Yep, they just What's the nature shot. of the Ring of Honor New Japan deal at this point? Like, could Ring of Honor theoretically book a show with Jay like with like Jay White and uh Fucking the one that used to be CJ Parker, what's his name now? Juice Robinson. Juice Robinson, um, and like, could they book a show with. Could they theoretically book John Moxley for, from his New Japan stuff? No. No, because. Down, no. Yeah, AEW's contract with him is such that, like, he can only perform for AEW in, in America. In terms of, like, Oh, yeah, that's stuff. right. He wasn't at the G1 stuff in, in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. But like, so but, still, but still, though, could they, could could Ring of Honor not run like Villain Enterprises versus the Gorillas of Destiny and Jay White? Hypothetically, they I mean, could. It's not like the deal is like necessarily gone away. It's just that like New Japan doesn't really seem interested in doing that anymore, especially now that they've yeah. established their own American office. Yeah, I was going to say they've kind of. Um... I think their movement towards establishing American office is very much getting away from the shit that happened at what was the G1 Supercard, which is very obviously ROH phoning it in on a major event and making the New Japan stars look like shit amongst a kind of shitty ROH set of matches. I think that definitely, like, I feel like a bunch of people watching that show on the New Japan side had to hear the reaction and saw everything that the crowd was, was saying and basically said, Wait, we don't need these assholes. Yeah, no. Like these they, they people made it very are legi- clear. these people are legitimately here for us. Yeah, and so like, all like they do- on, honestly, the only thing I know that happened at the G One Supercard was the fucking Kaz and Enzo stuff. Yeah, and that's kind of one of the other big reasons is ROH once again doing something they thought was a good move and fucking it over. Bad decisions all around, huh? Weird how it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, strange that. So, yeah, but anyways, yeah, so trying to underpay talent now, trying to have no medical care whatsoever, which 
Not to say it's a huge standard in wrestling as it is, but just really being shitty to talent and then threatening people for daring to try and go above your head as general manager or your assistant when you're trying to get shit done because the general manager and the assistant aren't, like booking hotel rooms or wondering why somebody got bumped from their hotel room that they need because it's 3 a.m. and they need a place to sleep and stuff like that. This is all the kind of stuff that a company that is really well run and knows what it's doing would definitely do. Yeah, exactly. That's I think the key sign is there's it's on the verge of falling apart. Like it's it is uh, it is mind blowing to me that like literally no one at Sinclair is noticing this and is like, what the fuck are you doing? But does it, Sinclair it, care? Well, that's the thing. Is like I feel this gets is kind of like what happened at the end of WCW. Like everybody's like at some point AOL Time Warner is going to have to notice this, and they didn't for ages. Until finally somebody looked at their books and was like, hey, we got this expense here for a wrestling company. Has anybody looked at that recently? Oh, shit. Oh, 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 God. Shut it down. Shut it all down. And I, I assume at some point that's going to happen with St. Clair. They're going to look at the expenses and be like, we can cut costs somewhere. Where are we? What's this wrestling expense? Oh, God. Oh, what's Samstown? Fuck. Oh, who are these people? Oh, Beer City Bruiser. Oh, shut it down. Fuck. So what happens to... Oh, they're running this show where they used to get, like, 1,200, like, 1,000 people, 1,200 people. Why are there only Mm -hmm. 300 people at this show? Exactly. So I guess, really, I I, I don't want to lead the topic on too much here, but I feel like this kind of leads into, like, the other bad situation of the thing we're not going to talk about too much. Like, there's one way for wrestlers to maybe counter this shit. And I don't know. So in light of everything that's happened this week, like less so this Ring of Honor stuff, although I think it definitely dovetails nicely into it because this is 100% a labor issue. This is 100% a company not taking care of its labor force, its talent, making sure that they're like safe and like able to do their job without like, you know – causing serious like permanent injury to themselves right and i mean just to step in there too this is a if you had all the wrestlers working together you could definitely have somebody saying hey you're trying to fuck bandito over by working against him with his language we're going to make sure he gets a fair deal or hey you know maybe the wrestlers need hotel rooms as a requirement guaranteed or hey maybe if somebody's got a concussion we have a set program in place where they don't go flying over to another continent so with all this going on and everything in the bad place with their fucking Saudi Arabia nightmare on on Friday and everything, our good friend, the Bernie Sanders of professional wrestling, David Starr, was out on Twitter again making some noise about, like, yo, this needs to be the time that we unionize the WWE. We need that we unionize wrestling and actually have, like, a, a wrestler's union. And, like... Absolutely. This is something that is fucking for all the reasons that we said, for all the reasons that, like, we should all know about how unions actually, like, do what they are supposed to do of, like, standing up for their fucking employees and, like, fighting on their behalf against fucking management and, like, making sure that management gives them the things that they need to do their job and, like, protects them from management's, like, 
overbearing nature and wanting to cut costs at the expense of their fucking employees' health, as we're seeing in Ring of Honor here. Like, absolutely. As important as these things are, like, I don't know. Like, I think about when. I think about when all this talk was happening around the time that, like, all all in happened and like people were asking mm-hmm. Cody like what do you think about like a wrestlers union what do you think about that and he kind of gave some answers like I've been thinking a lot about that and we'll see and then AEW happened and I, I yeah I, I don't know like I feel like you know it's like I f- there's a part of me that feels like the elite was the best shot we had at building a fucking wrestlers union. And now every mm-hmm. single one of those motherfuckers is management. And that dream is basically dead because they're all going to fucking air on the side of like, well, we're the good bosses. We know what we're doing and we, we care about our employees, which yeah, that's great. And like, it, it's great to be that magnanimous, but it only works up until a point when it suddenly doesn't. Yeah, when the bottom falls out, all of a sudden, the promises go away, and that's almost like, I think you said it great there, but I would almost replace AEW happened from Tony Khan swept in, and he's a nice guy, so he's going to protect us. It sounds an awful lot like the whole healthcare plan of, well, the McMahons say if we get hurt, they're going to pay for our medical care. You know, that's great, until it's not true anymore. Yep, and meanwhile, what's AEW's medical plan? It seems like the exact same thing. It is the exact same thing. There is. But they sure I think, made a big statement that they were going to do that. Yeah, it, it's you know they're they're doing stuff for the full time workers, the ones who are guaranteed to work with us and maybe do other stuff on the side. Sure, we'll give them benefits and the such. Those are like Brandon Cutler and uh, Michael SCU. Nakazawa. SCU, yes. Those people. people that have um, backstage roles. Brandy. Yeah, people who want to go elsewhere, maybe, and do some indie events and things like that. The, the, no, they're independent contractors. We can't do that with them. Um, but, but if they get hurt in our ring, we'll, we'll totally pay for it because we're nice people. And that, that's what nice people do to other people. We, we'd be nice. And we totally don't let collective bargaining happen to force our hand to be nice. Meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Yeah, it's a situation that I hate it because I don't think there, with the billionaire jumping in to create AEW, I don't think there was a way that this was going to happen without somebody below the elite saying, this is the condition of me joining. And that would have had to have been someone the likes of Chris Jericho or Hangman Page, neither of which I think were willing to stand up like David Starwood in a situation like that. Yep. Yeah, I feel like there are people that definitely learned the lesson from when Jesse Ventura tried to start the union and fucking Hulk Hogan narked him out. Yep, exactly. So I, I guess my thought is like I agree. I'm I'm with David Starr so much. I think he's a fantastic individual, but goddamn wrestling is just going to have to reach another freaking speed bump before something happens. It's just, it blows my mind that, like, you know, and I, I just see all the argument here. Like, the one that really fucking drives me crazy is, like, you know, 
the counter to to Star's argument that like this is the perfect time they have the perfect like opportunity to bargain for themselves and fight for themselves with all this was like oh yeah well what about what basically happened on SmackDown this week if all the talent walk out then they just replace everyone with uh NXT people and they get the same ratings which I, I my argument to that is pretty basic like it can last for one week yes can it last for two can it last for four? Can it last for eight? At what? At some point, it becomes untenable. And if you don't believe me based on wrestling, I can point you right at some NFL referees that really fucked up for a few weeks and drove the point home that he needed to maybe get the real shit back. And I can honestly make it even simpler than that, which is, like, why do we assume that any collective action wouldn't involve the people in NXT? Like... Let's also be honest true, yeah. here. The NXT people are getting fucked right now, and they know it. Like, there's a lot of reports coming out there that, like, you know, people are pretty unhappy there and feel like they got promised things that they're not getting. Say, for example, there's apparently, uh, rumors are, from from the dirt sheets, that, like, a bunch of people were promised that, hey, you're going to get raises now that we're all going to USA and we're going to be on actual television. And we're told pretty recently... Hey, those raises aren't happening. And given the amount of cash flow that's coming into WWE, or at least that we're told is coming into WWE, even if it's a fraction of what they say it is, that should be going to the workers to some extent. But it yet it's not. Yep. Yep, go figure. Yeah, weird how there's seemingly no explanation of where that money's going. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, there's... There was this stat. There was a stat I saw about just like how it's like the like uh, comparing WWE to other sports leagues of like oh these other sports leagues they share like forty six percent of the NBA revenue is player wages fifty one percent of NFL is player wages and then WWE is like ten percent. That seems very high for WWE, given what they're being paid out. I bet that's going mostly to the top talent. Yeah, oh, and yeah. it's like how we, and I like they were pointing out how it's like, even a guy like Brock Lesnar is like barely making, is barely making what the average NFL player makes. Yeah, isn't his contract yeah. like $12 million, $15 million, something like that? Yeah. Which I can, again, guarantee you, Someone like, uh, I don't know, Rhea Ripley or Shayna Baszler or Velveteen Dream or even Adam Cole not making that kind of money. I bet they'd be surprised if they were making anything over $2 million, if that. Maybe not even $1 million. But they're getting exposure. I would, I would not be surprised. I feel like Cole is probably making somewhere in like the half a million range. Yeah, I was going to say 600000 myself, but I do not imagine it's more than that. No. I feel like, from my understanding of things, like, he's probably in the higher end of NXT's pay scales. I think, like, there's probably one of them that tips the scale because he's still getting his main roster wages. But, I mean, whatever. Finn's weird. Yeah. I, actually, yeah. Does Finn Balor still get paid like he's on the main roster? Yes. Or does he have to? Yes. Has to Finn, Finn, is, Finn is still getting his money. Yeah, if you start cutting the pay at that point, you give them rationale to potentially consider breaching contract and walking. 
I, I'm actually curious about this. Is there, since they're independent contractors, and they're mm-hmm. not technically WWE employees, is yeah. there anything that would prevent them from just, like, going, like, like if, if Adam Cole wanted to show up on AEW next week, could he? You know, I've heard several arguments for and against this. My opinion is this. He probably would get sued by WWE. He would definitely get sued by WWE. Yeah. Now, would that be a lawsuit that they would win? Probably not necessarily for the reason you just said, independent contractor. That said, they would probably prolong it long enough to make it not worth his while to have done so. Because, like, honestly, I would like one wrestler to just challenge their independent contractor law in a court of law. Absolutely. Oh, like, if that's the whole thing, it's like, that's the fucking catch-22 about this, is that, like, if if anyone fucking, like, challenged this in court, like, they would clearly win. There's no way that they wouldn't fucking win this. It's just the WWE has so much more resources than all of these people that you need a fucking, you need a fucking Peter Thiel type to fucking, like, secretly finance this fucking lawsuit instead of, like, financing another wrestler lawsuit to fucking murder Gawker. Yeah, and furthermore, in the, like the point of this, like a lot of people say, oh, well, if, if you leave a contract, you can't compete anywhere else for 90 days. There is nothing that enforces that. The only thing that lets it happen is the fact that WWE will pay you three months' pay to not show up anywhere else. If well, you show up anywhere else, you just don't get that pay. that to go to New Japan. Yeah, I mean, yeah. exactly. And you just didn't get paid by WWE for that time. But he could, anybody could walk away from a contract that ends or walk away from, you know, basically their release of a contract and not have to abide by any 90-day non-compete. You can just go anywhere else. You just won't get paid. But that's, like, that's a handshake agreement. That is not enforceable. You can't bring somebody to court other than try to drain them legal funds like we've discussed and try and enforce it. And I, that's where the contention is. I think they could walk away at any point and just not take further paychecks or maybe have to pay a little bit back from, you know, a certain period of time based on whatever the paycheck says for, you know, if they didn't complete a month, then, okay, they don't get paid that month. Okay, if they already got a paycheck from that, give it back. But otherwise, it would just be dealing with lawyers because yeah. they're independent contractors. The whole point of independent contracting is you can get the fuck out when you want. Yeah. It's... Yeah. Are, and that go that go into other job systems. There's a lot of fucked up shit with independent contracting around this entire nation. Oh yeah, no, our our entire nation's fucking labor laws are completely destroyed. Yeah, don't don't get me started with like shit around here where there's companies that because of certain labor laws that they don't want to abide by have people work for 18 months and then take six month hiatuses to get another 18 month stint that may eventually translate into a hire. Maybe like ten years down the road. Oh, very cool. Yeah, definitely nothing. Well, you know, I know it worked for the Hardy in boys. my at-will state. Yeah, huh. and the fucked up thing is, I think pretty much every state's an at-will state these days. Sure is. Mm-hmm. Uh, these idiot wrestlers should really unionize, but like. Typical to mm-hmm. that is like you know again to bring it back to like that point about you know well if the 
the main roster wrestlers just walk out, they'll just replace them with NXT people, not thinking that, hey, what if we get them in on this? Like, that's the thing is nobody thinks about, like, the actual collective. Nobody's actually thinking about, like, hey, if I'm not mm-hmm. just looking out for myself, if I'm looking out for literally everybody else and we all work together on this, like, we can fucking get what we deserve. Part of me also feels like this is WWE having done such a good job of like making it seem like NXT is not WWE. That yeah, probably helps too, brand, yeah. Yeah, brand differentiation, making it seem like they're all hungrier and they're not really the same kind of folks. They're just different hardworking lads that don't know about the storylines but sure do love to do the wrestles. Their their theme songs literally, we are not your kind. <laughs> it's true. Fucking slipknot. I was finest. <laughs> we are one. This whole thing we sucks. It, it does, just... and I don't have a good answer. It's going to take somebody, just like with AEW, how it started. Somebody's going to have to take a plunge, a very scary plunge, and possibly throw their career away in the process. Much like a certain Jesse Ventura damn well did back in the day. But hey, and at least they get to become governor of Minnesota. And being predator, very lucky in that regard. Yeah, I'm being predator. Yeah, no, yeah. that was that's good. But and be head commentator for the XFL while while being sitting governor of Minnesota. Yeah, it's true. It's a fucking hey, weird hopefully, league. Hopefully, hopefully we can count on David Starr as someone that doesn't give the single solitariest fuck on the planet to be the one to do that. But until then, more on this story. As it develops. We're rooting for your David Starr. That's all I got to say. Help us out here, Bernie Zaddy. Guys. Uh, yeah. It's still really hard for me to care about NXT with all this shit going yeah. on. And especially with this whole like, oh, now we're kind of doing main roster shit. I don't know. It's, it's just awful. Yeah. I, I mean, for one thing. Full disclosure, I can't care about NXT because I'm on the West Coast, and they don't show it. They're showing it right now. We're 49 minutes into what would be the NXT showing on the West Coast while we're recording this. So I couldn't know what's going on because USA doesn't do a fucking East Coast feed for the West Coast. I hate hate it. Hey, at least you get it the same day. Yeah, true. Canada is not much better off. They sure are doing this whole NXT thing right. They sure are. Oh, my God. So, yeah, I'm pretty much checked out of NXT right now. Like, I've still, of course, I still had it on in the background and watched it tonight. But, like, honestly, until they figure out this Survivor Series shit, like, I don't care. I'll watch War Games, but, like, just get back to me after we're done with this stupid brand supremacy shit that I just hate when they do in general. So, like, adding yeah. NXT into the mix is not making me happy. I, it's, there's an article that one of the joke rags wrote about, you know, WWE superstars invaded WWE promotion with WWE talent. Yeah, no, there's a real war going on here. No, there isn't. You know, it's, it's play fighting on play fighting on play fighting. It's too many levels of meta that I can handle. I'm, I'm not here for it. Yeah. Yeah, me neither. I just want to see Rhea Ripley and Shayna Baszler beat the shit out of each other. 
which war games will be pretty good for. So get a hype for that. Yeah. But until we get to that point, we're going to play a little game called It's NXT Do You Care? An old classic from the mothership that we used to play for Raw. Now we're going to play for NXT. So I'm going to tell you a thing that happened on NXT, and I'm going to ask, do you care? If the answer is yes, then we'll, we'll talk about it for a little bit. If the answer is no, then I'll maybe give like a sentence or like a word or something, and we'll just immediately move on to the next thing. Are y'all ready to play? I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. Then let's play It's NXT. Do you care? Hey, guys. The OC is here. Do you care? No. Kind of. Only because they... Balor's on NXT and, like, I want them to fucking do Balor Club, finally. In the beginning of the show, they beat the fuck out of uh, the Undisputed Era. Uh, Gallows knocked fucking Kyle O'Reilly or someone into, like, a fucking metal thing and, like, he spit blood onto it. That was pretty stupid. Basically, this was all set up for, like, the OC to just, like, fuck everybody up and take the ring and be like, no, fuck you, we're the best. And then that set up the main event, which was them versus the team of Ciampa, Matt Riddle, and Keith Lee. That's a real sparse get-together, folks. We're starting NXT with fucking the main roster 10-minute promo. Well, they have two hours to fill. Uh, not a good reason. Time to get into our first match, though. Pete Dunne versus Damian Priest. Do you care? No. This I like match them both, but com- I don't care. This match went two commercial breaks. Why the fuck did it do that? Fuck! I was into a huge amount of shit with AEW by the time. Pete Dunne got his win back. Uh, good on cool. you, Pete Dunne. Killian D- 9mm murdered them at both at the end. Why Why is Pete Dunne not in NXT UK? Because he's here now. He's scared of Walter. I mean, you know, look, Pete Dunne said that NXT UK was really good for the British indie scene. <laughs> Seriously. Santana Garrett is here. Do you care? Who? No. She's a wrestle lady that I like. She had a match against Tynara. Tynara won. It didn't. It wasn't a good match. I like them. Not both, the worst women's match care. I've seen this week, but not great. Yeah, I mean, well, we only could talk about that. Oh shit! Stay tuned, folks. Yeah, come back in two months. Yeah. Dakota Kai is a death wish. Do you care? No. Uh, protect your knees, but no. She fought Shayna. Shayna beat her. What a surprise. I know. Weird, right? It's almost like we had this fucking feud already. Yeah. It, I, I feel like we're getting repeats of live matches. Like, n- not even... It's like just completely erased from memory and then rewritten. There, admittedly, there was actually like a story reason for this in the sense that, like, then the ending set up for what the next thing was, which was them basically announcing uh, the the teams for the first ever women's war game match. Do you care? I care about this, actually. Yeah, it's going to be cool. But so, I'm yeah, not enough to really talk about it. So basically, the ending of this was after uh, after Dakota Kai 
got tapped out by Shayna. Shayna and her dumb friends were just beating the shit out of her because, you know, they can. Uh, and then Rhea Ripley and Tegan Knox ran out to make the save. Um, at which point Bianca Belair and EO show up because they want to fucking fight people and everything. And they're like, fuck this. And then also Mia Yim comes out with a fucking uh, kendo stick, just beating the shit out of people. This is it's a Mia Yim cool. I can get behind. Yeah. So they fight off the heels and, and everything's good. Cut to backstage and Rhea Ripley is being interviewed about what she's she's thinking about the women's uh, women's war game match. And so here's one problem that I I know that this isn't worth really complaining about all that much, but fuck it. I'm I'm gonna use this soapbox to do it. Fuck do it. WWE's war game matches. They only have four people in them. That's so dumb. Wait, That's what? It's enough. a two-on-two match? No, no, War Game, no, no, no. No, it's, it's a four-on-four four in WWE. War Games is five-on-five. Oh. Five. Yeah, I know War Games is five-on-five. Five. Didn't they do, games, like, wasn't the first WWE War Games, like, three-on-three-on-three three three or some bullshit like that? That was yes, the second was. one. No, it was yeah. the first one. Oh, that was the first one. Okay, shit. No, the second Damn, one was four-on-four. That four. That's right, that's right. It yeah, should be at least five-on-five. Five. War Games is, should be a, an absolute mayhem. Match. I thought Triple H and, was supposed to like be a huge mark for all this fucking. Yeah, well, he's shit. a. But it's also WWE, and they think that they can do it better. They can't put a fucking. Which is why they also. Is- which is why they also do shit like, oh, in their war games match, you can win by pinfall. Fuck yeah, off! No. Yeah, and they've won by pinfall. It, which is stupid. They won by pinfall the, in both the of them. Match, I think. Yeah, the match beyond is submission or surrender. No other option. Come on, people. I know. It's 2019. Like, for fuck's sake. Like, MLW got this right and you can't. Mm-hmm. But the and, point, and the the point of bringing that, that up. Oh. Go on. I, I do just want to say, the reason it's 5-on-5 five five is the fifth person is always a manager or somebody who is going to be the one who submits or surrenders. Okay, fine. I'll stop. Fuck. All right. We're, we're getting ticey timed by the Canadian government. Who knew? <laughs> Jesus, it's, fuck, okay, it's yeah. It's the same Amber Alert. Okay, well, I mean, apparently it doesn't care for war games. Uh, so, uh, John, let's Oscar, find that fucking child! Why aren't I, you on the streets with a flashlight right now? I mean... But anyway, the point of all this is that they have Rhea Ripley and everybody else backstage, and they're interviewing Ripley about, like, hey, so who's your team gonna be? And the point is, yeah, Dakota Kai, you don't get to be on the team because you lost to Shayna Baszler. Mia Yim oh, gets stupid. to be on the team. Uh, fucking hell. Just let them both be on the team. Dakota Kai can be the weak link. Whatever. So yeah, the, the team is going to be Rhea Ripley. Uh, I almost said Dakota Kai. Tegan Knox, uh, Candice LeRae, and Mia Yim. Sure, why not? Against right. Shayna Baszler, Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, and a mystery fourth person. Oh, Jesus. I wonder where this is going! I don't follow enough NXT to know where this is going. Yeah, actually kind of same, but still, it's... It's, it's Dakota Kai. It's, it's obviously going to be Dakota Kai. Oh, okay. 
She's pissed off that they didn't get that they didn't let her on their team, so she's gonna join with her enemies and become evil also, to Kai. I'm gonna just step in here and say because like uh, I think Owen was bragging about. Oh yeah, uh, Shayna didn't invite her own friends on her team. You know what they're gonna be doing? They're gonna be interfering in this match because it's not a proper war games. There is no ceiling. They can just climb into the ring. Also, I'm just going to throw it out there. If you did five on five, then you could have had Dakota Kai on the babyface team and have the other two people on the heel team be her dumb friends. And one of them could have been the one that submits or surrenders if you played by the proper goddamn rules. (sighs) This fucking company. Yeah, we got to keep this professional. Tony Nese is allowed to be on television again. Do you care? No. no. He lost to Angel Garza. Angel Garza Ooh. is going to fight Leo Rush for the Cruiserweight Championship next week. Wow, you've named three things I don't care about. I kind of like Leo Rush. Swerve <laughs> means confidence. But do you care? I did no. when it was in Seattle. He's not in Seattle anymore. I don't care. I did when it was MLW. Yeah, that too. And when it was Strickland. Shane Strickland is such a good fucking name. Why would you change that? Jesus Christ. It's such a good name. Why? He fought Dijakovic and it was a good match because of course it was, but also he lost because of course he did. Yeah, of course. Dijakovic gotta get over. Gotta get ready for that Keith Lee run back. It's time for the main event. Do you care? No. What was it? It was uh, Chompa Riddle and, and Lee versus the OC. Mm. I think that's a no. There was the no win. There was no winner because Finn Balor showed up. <laughs> Did they do the thing? <laughs> what thing? Did they do the Balor Club finally? Unclear. Uh, why have they been teasing this for so many goddamn years? You could have pulled the trigger on this three years ago, and it would have been really fucking awesome, but you just tease it. Just fucking do it. Every single time. Like, like he, he came out he, and seemed aligned with the with the OC, but... I'm going to guess probably not an OC member, considering that, like, he lives on NXT now and the OC is on Raw. So? It's... They're both USA Network shows. We have about... Or at one point, we had, like, 50% of the audience wearing Bullet Club t-shirts. I don't think anybody's going to fucking mind if they do a fake Bullet Club. Just do it already. You're running out of time. You've run out of time. Pull the scraps of that heaping brain matter or whatever and just scoop it all together into something resembling a person or something cool. (coughs) Jesus Christ. And stop killing Oscar while you're at it. Okay, fair. And that's it for NXT this week. Okay. We're out of time. See you on War Games. (laughs) Uh, I'm ready for Ed Thunder. 
we'll check back in on NXT next week, where we'll probably play this again, because, yeah, my, as I said earlier, my intent is to keep playing as NXT Do You Care until after War Games, when hopefully NXT will become something that I care about again, and not just, hey, welcome to the universe of the main roster where everything is going to be shit, and check it out, it's going to be really cool when NXT loses every single match at Survivor Series. Yep, exactly. I love to be run to the ground. It's going to be really cool when Bailey wins. Bailey beats Shayna Baszler. Ah, oh, I didn't know that Shayna Baszler could be beaten by a simple Bailey to Bailey press. You know, the best move. Mm-hmm. The Undisputed Era? Who the fuck are they? Let's talk about the Viking Raiders. Their finisher is called the Viking Experience. Ugh. God, I hate that And it's that going still. to be quite an experience on Kyle O'Reilly when he's hit with it for the pin. <laughs> uh, why? We're venturing too far I into the bad everything. place. We, we need to we yeah. need to veer course. We need to get back to the good shit here. Friends, tell oh. me about this week's Dynamite, which I also watched. And yeah, there were some things that were good about it. And then there were some things that were, well then. There's some very weird shit, this Dynamite, but it's, I think, a decent go-home show with just the ending itself, because that was a goddamn Attitude Era madcap fucking finish. Yep, and it was fantastic, and it was the kind of thing that, like, definitely gave me a tinge of, oh, man, I actually am kind of disappointed I can't watch Full Gear Live. Yeah, exactly right. So, we had a, I mean, I guess you have noted here, and we'll just say this None of us stand with Jericho and his centrism, so fuck him on that. Yeah, for those that don't know, fuck Jericho had Donald Trump Jr. on his fucking podcast to talk about his stupid triggered book and And, is fucking defending it by basically being like, I'm nonpartisan. Which, yeah, that's not how nonpartisan works. The way you deal with something like that, you deplatform him. You don't allow him on. You don't take the most evil guy and say, hey, let's hear him out. No, because they're fucking evil, okay? Don't even. Just nonpartisan okay. in this instance and hearing both sides means that you are accepting the side that says that putting fucking uh, people that are not here, quote unquote, legally, as if that's a fucking thing that actually, like, means anything, like, yep. d- deserve to be in fucking concentration camps, basically. Like, yeah, you're, you're saying it's a with potential that. valid opinion, and yeah, fuck. Fuck that. The further right the right goes, the further right the center becomes. Yep. Yeah, pretty much. This is how the Overton so, window shifts, as you do shit like this. Mm hmm. It sure is, and I hate it, And but he's getting reamed on Twitter for this, so, you know, maybe there is some good out there. Small maybe, miracles, of course it won't him? actually do anything, because Jericho's no. fucking rich and doesn't give a shit. What right, if it's just but, him 5D chessing, and this is like him being a heel? I really don't care to it's, entertain it's, that it's angle. Not. I think it's a shitty thing to do anyways. Yeah, if, it, if, it's, if that's the heel heat that you're choosing to get, do better, my dude. Like, yeah, I was like, I believe that there is a certain movement that actually became a face group for a while in WWE that kind of worked off that shit. And yeah, I don't want any Dutch Mantel shit going on in AEW. Thank you very much. It was a bad idea then and done by bad writers, as this fucking idiot himself said. So, 
Anyways, uh, Trent versus Pac was a fantastic fucking match for Trent doing his actual first singles match in AEW. First singles match in a while since leaving New Japan. Yeah, yeah it was kind of weird that he was really doing that. Match. Yeah, it was it fantastic really was. until we can't tell whether um, he was supposed to get his shoulder up and didn't. And, you know, Bryce Remster looks like, hey, you're supposed to be finished a different way. I'm not going to count the pin. Or if Pac actually lifted him up like a true heel and just kind of then put him into a submission hold instead of pinning him for three. Didn't seem like he did, though. Like, the way that he, no. that referee Bryce hesitated was the kind of thing that was like, oh, someone was supposed to kick out, or, like, Pac was supposed to do something and forgot. Yeah, which, that, I'm just going to pin that one on Bryce right there. Like, you had a finish in front of you. Just let it happen. Yeah, just let that finish happen. Even if you know that's not the finish. Like, I also, because, like, hey, I could see why it's something where it's like, Pac's supposed to, like, pull him up and do the things and, like, was supposed to put him in the ring sadder and they thought. But, like, you know, was, again, no one should kick out of the Black Arrow. That's yeah, not a thing that, that should happen. Who gives a shit if it's after the a proper pinfall in which he puts him into the rings of Saturn all of a sudden after the bell? Oh, my God, that's a heel move. Wow, yeah. that's perfect for Pac. Shit, okay. That's a cool <gasps> thing that you should do. Yep. Um... Like, it's really always promos. better to ju- Gone. Yeah. It's, just, it's just always better to fucking count the pin, like, even if it's not yeah. the thing that happens. Like, I, uh, the thing that I always come back to when I think about this is, do you remember that weird match on, like, the the NXT after the TakeOver Brooklyn, uh, the first ever TakeOver Brooklyn, where it was, like, a four-way between, like, Emma and Charlotte and Becky Lynch and, like, some other person I don't remember, probably Dana Brooke? Very vaguely. Basically, the ending of that match was supposed to be, like, Charlotte winning, but mm-hmm. something happened, like, Emma hit the her, you know, running uh, crossbody to the corner on Becky. Becky didn't kick out. Mm-hmm. So, Emma won the match, basically. Right. And Emma's just celebrating, like, like, yeah, I'm a fucking asshole, and I won, yeah, it's great. And, like, you know, they saved the segment by having, like, Charlotte come in and just, like, beat the shit out of her afterwards. Like, that was some real heel shit, and Charlotte was a babyface, so it didn't fucking make sense at all. But, like, again, there's ways around it, is the point. And, Mm -hmm. like, you can make it work. Like, yeah, we all knew just from, like, the brief hesitation, like, oh, that wasn't supposed to happen. Oh, they fucked this up. But, like... You can make it work. It's like we talked about and, when Private Party fucked that thing up and still made it made it work by just being cool. Yeah. You can sell it in a way. You don't have to do this shit. Because this shit just takes us all out of it. Yeah, and it's not like Double or Nothing where it's a result that would have gone the wrong way completely when the bell rang too early. This is the right result. This is exactly what should have happened. So, just count it. Fuck. And, and at least with that, like, you know, it, at least the fucking incident in Double or Nothing, it was like, they didn't fuck. They didn't fuck up. They no. did it right. It's just like the person that rang the bell was fucking not on their shit. Yeah, and then the person running the theme music in the background uh, probably shouldn't have started playing that because if we had known back then that was Hikaru Shida's theme reliably, then fuck. Yep. That would have spoiled the rest of the match. But again, yeah, different situation. So This is just, just bad refereeing that should not be happening. Yeah. Bryce, you got to do better than this. This and the way you're not counting 10 counts for tags on tag team matches is pretty bad. 
Pac's promo was um, cool, though. Yeah, Pac was doing great. And speaking of good promos, Pac did great promo. Then Cody comes out, cuts one of his god-awesome fucking baller promos. This is, yeah, like one of the best promos I've seen him cut. Mm-hmm. Cody's he cuts really it. good. He is. He can he sell got me on any everything match. from his fucking dad. He really did. Yeah, it's it's amazing. He is declared that, and I don't believe this for a second, but he's declared that if he does not win the title at Full Gear, he will never challenge for it again. Fun. Put some stakes on there because nobody expected him to win, but now it makes you wonder. Because yeah, I could shit, see that, him winning. Like that's the thing. Now you can really see him winning, especially. Absolutely. Like shit, that puts him. That makes that match interesting. It's like, all right, so. we're all we're gonna already start doing the the MJF stuff. Let's go. Although, yeah, please. Actually, we can't already start doing the MJF stuff because now they have to do the turn at whatever they're gonna call War Games. Yeah, I, I think they're called War with Games Brandy. <laughs> uh, I don't know, but yeah, it, it's they're going to have a turn like that, you know. But they are. He said a, a match being, beyond. He did say a match beyond, and that was like the exact perfect wording. So, fuck again. We, I feel like the name War Games is too generic to be trademarked. I agree, and it is. but I did, and I'm going to say that the WWE will put enough lawyers behind it to make that troublesome, because the legal system as it exists in North America is if you put enough lawyers behind it, you can delay anything indefinitely and run people out of cash. Yeah, you sure can. So, yeah, I agree. I don't think War Games um, has any weight at being a WWE property, but they'll find a way around it. They wouldn't. They wouldn't like. War gaming have more of a claim to it? Maybe, but I think it's a different property, they would argue, if you want to get into like the reality of this, is that's video games and this is wrestling, so it's entertainment versus um a product. And just just have just have the double cage match sponsored by War Gaming's World of Tanks. I I just think call it the Cracker Barrel of Battle. But, Cracker yeah. The Cracker Barrel Deathmatch. I don't care. But we already had the Cracker Barrel Deathmatch. No, this is that's a Cracker Barrel Clash. This is different. I got it. Stay with us here. The, um, the, anyways, there's going to be two a... cages are in the shapes of two Cracker Barrels. Ooh, I like this. Get get uh, Jericho to leverage his newfound connections with Donald Trump Jr. Oh fuck no no. <laughs> I'm getting a Tai Chi timer out for this show. The war? Are you saying, Oscar, that the War Games wall just got ten feet higher? <laughs> Fuck! I'm saying, have Don Jr. be the people that locks the wrestlers in the cage. So there is a women's match on this show for some reason. <laughs> okay, so. This women's match, I'm just going to say right now, this actually gave me hope. I didn't hate it. Did it! And not, like, just for one person alone, because she held this match down like nobody else in this match. I mean, legitimately, because one of them is rather experienced in Shanna. Not very well experienced. She's very new. 
Riho is still tiny child attempting to fight. And uh, Jamie Hayter just... I don't know what her deal is. But Emi yeah, Sakura was busting her ass trying to make everybody's moves look good. Trying to sell herself. Trying to get the crowd hyped up. And getting and for like, a moment, nothing from that crowd for a lot of it. Yeah, but at the same time, she was at least getting reactions. Like, she was doing her face stuff. And of course she's getting booed for that. Because, like... Yeah, you can't, you can't do queen shit and expect them to go along with you when you're also beating up a tiny girl. Like, fuck, dude. That's not how it works. But she was... I still felt like she was doing a great job this entire match. She doesn't really deserve to be fighting Riho next, but it should be a decent match, if nothing else. Her veteran experience showed off here. I'm, I wish the rest of them would keep up with this. And at least they have, like, a built-in story with the fact that, like, you know, she literally trained Riho. So, like, you know, they're doing, yep. like, it, it kind of sucks that they've already fucking done it. But, like, you know, student student versus teacher. Like, that's that's a good story to tell. That's an easy story to tell for, like, Riho's first, like, big pay-per-view title defense. Yep, exactly. So, you know, it'll be good storyline. And then you can get Hikaru Shida in there. Or Sadie Gibbs maybe eventually uh, once, you know, you get... Or maybe Britt Baker rematch. I don't. I don't care who. Just be Priestley. Start. Yeah, be a Priestley. Sure, of course. Just start working some new talent. Get them fresh. Or you know, do the thing I was joking about off uh, line and saying, uh, just give Austin Kong the title and have her disappear until everybody else gets good. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Yeah, I mean, hey, I mean, that that Brandy Rhodes promo sure <laughs> felt like it was leading to that. Yeah, and. And at first it looked like it was going to turn to a Bray Wyatt shit, but then basically it's like, no, we're just friends and we're going to dominate. I'm going to be the conniving one and she's just going to beat the shit out of all of you. I'm like, okay, you don't need to make this look all creepy and Halloween-y, but I'm on board. Yeah, no, you can make it look all creepy and Halloween-y and have Awesome Kong basically be the fiend. That's cool. But, mm-hmm. but again, though, they're going to book Awesome Kong well, so they're not going to be the fiend. Yeah, true. Like, I... Seriously, I would like to see Awesome Kong just take the title. Yo, what about a War Games in a red cage? Um... Sure. With red lighting in the arena. Uh, fuck off, please. Please. Please, sir. So what do you think of the finish of this match? Um... Sure, now I'm trying to remember. Sakura match overall. Yeah. I thought it was was fine. I I feel like it was a move she had already shown off earlier in the the match itself, which was weird to me. And her pinning Riho, that's a very Japanese thing to do. The challenger pins the champion. Now the title shot makes sense. So, I mean, it's okay. It was a little weird to me. But, eh, you know, Japanese style, seeping in. It felt like some WWE shit to me, but I mean, whatever, I get it, I guess. I mean, yeah. it did, but again, they're kind of like actively trying to be just better WWE, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. The... Yeah, it's it's messed up, but like, whatever. Yeah, no, let's get right to the other thing, because you were just about to and say the best And then came the best thing of the, of the night. <laughs> Yeah, the best vignette of the year. I'm just putting that out there. Not the best promo, the best video package of the year. 
Chris Jericho. And I know we just called him out for being a son of a bitch, but this is brilliant. God damn that son of a bitch. You piece of shit. Like, I want to hate you so much. And yet you do this shit where you just completely take off on that fucking Cody video from a few weeks ago. And just, like, set it up in the most hilarious fashion. It was so good. He did basically the perfect parody of a Cody promo, including bringing Virgil in and putting him under a fake name. (laughs) As reason why Jericho has been working on his whole life at a young age of 42. And Sammy Guevara rightfully pointing out that he's the youngest AEW champion. (laughs) Which is fucking true, but also, fuck you, Sammy. It's so good. It's the crowd, you hear the crowd fucking laugh, cackling at that line. Yeah, it's... (laughs) There was a lot of intelligence behind that whole thing. They did the proper thing of not letting Jake Hager say a single word, but staring at the camera very angrily. Nope, and fucking hilarious fucking every single time. Died at the yep. fucking Jake Hager shit. Yeah, he, he did sigh once. Um, and then they had some old lady who I don't know who she was, but um, she looked an awful Claimed lot like a uh, friend of Chris's aunt. Yeah, there you go. Hey, and did you not catch the last name? Oh, I. I saw the last name, but I forget it right now. She's Mrs. Bobsky. <laughs> related to Clint Bobsky from fucking Southpaw. God damn it. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, That's my really God. Good. What a fucking reference. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> really good. That is... Wow. That is some deep shit. I love that. So, this is going to be on YouTube eventually. There's no way it's not going to be. It fucking better be. If it is, you are obligated as a listener of this podcast to go watch it. Because it is going to probably win an award this year. Yeah. Like, this is... This is definitely, like, the quintessential dot coolest moment thing. This is fucking weird batshit wrestling comedy that comes out of absolutely nowhere has no fucking like reason or right to work and just fucking hits it out of the park yep it sure did and oh man it landed so well aw is a goddamn great promo machine i love it like they don't just sell t-shirts they sell matches like, that's the crazy thing, is that, like, they don't do the promos enough, but when they do them, like, every single time they do a promo, it fucking hits. Yes. They they make sure to pick their spots. They're sniper bullets. So. Like, I, I know just... I've called out in the past that I wish they would do more promos. This is, this is like, the fucking best episode. This is the best go-home show they could have done, because it mm-hmm. got me hyped for a lot of the matches on the card. And yeah. I will say, and for like, sorry, go on. No, I was please go on. I, I'm just gonna. I was gonna try and work towards the wrap up. Oh, it's just. And I will say that, like, for as much as they're clearly making mistakes here and there, and just kind of like fucking some things up here and there, like you know we, that we certainly talked about on this very episode. Like, yep. I appreciate that. Like, I watch some shit, and it's just like they're obviously like learning from what they've done and like making improvements here and there. Like, just little things that you see. Like, you know, you didn't write down to talk about it, and like, yeah, I, I guess there's not really that much to say about it. But like, mm. honestly, like. 
the private party versus Dark Order match, I think they're like they're kind of starting to figure out the Dark Order. They gave like it's Evil not Uno there better yet, gear. Clearly. They did. They gave yeah, Evil Uno much better gear. Evil Uno had better gear, and the Creepers actually made more sense in that they're not trying to interfere, but they're hanging around and just being weird with them, doing poses and just scrambling around the ring. And I, it landed way better. They, yeah. they could eventually make something of them, but they, they knew a hot deal and they had one. You got the three hottest teams of the last three months going at each other for, uh, well, you just got a spoiler there, Oscar. You're lucky. Yeah, whatever. He's got a couple spoilers. It's fine. Yeah, we'll I, see. I, if I he also remembers just him. got the Amber Alert in French. Anyway. Oh, great! Uh, Very nice. Said Avi. Anyway, um, we're talking about the main event. Yeah, so uh, it kind of feels like a little bit of a rehash of what they've been doing with the uh, Hangman and Omega. Kind of hesitant teammates, but they're both elite, so they should be able to work together. And. Uh, Jericho and his uh, tiny man-child friend and uh, confidant, uh, Sammy Spanish Guevara. Spanish God Boy. Yep, also the new Prince Pretty, uh, but Spanish. <laughs> that part was a little weird. So, that really was weird. Like and Sammy Guevara's thing, his whole fucking creepy twink bullshit. And... I will say that I think he irritated a lot of WWE people doing Prince Pretty shtick, but oh well, you know. Fuck Prince him. Pretty ain't doing it anymore, so. Yeah, Sorry, Tyler y'all. ain't doing it no more, so fucking go off, King. <laughs> yep, exactly. I I think, once again, Sammy does a great job looking like a piece of shit and a uh, star here, and uh, Chris Jericho, I mean, what is there to say? The dude's a goddamn heel maestro. And I hate to say it, but he's a right fucking when, pro. Yep, and right when we think that uh, Hangman might have a chance to get one over on uh, all of them, uh, Pac comes out, out my balls, and that's when the mayhem starts. Judas yeah, effects, Hangman. and then all of the fucking inner circle, and then all of the elite! Yep. And they're jumping off everything, beating the crap out of everybody. MGF is beating the crap out of somebody. Oh, and you know, it, everybody runs out. It's It was one of those old times on Raw when it's like, oh, there's an uneven amount of people here. Somebody's going to have to run and even the score. Oh, the score's even. Uh-oh, here comes a bad guy. And just repeated people running out and crashing into each other. Just a car wreck fiesta of goodness. I saw, I saw a comment... That's just that made that was like basically just like it's kind of great how both NXT and AEW tonight both ended with Bullet Club just standing strong over people they've just beaten up. Different eras, but uh, kind of, kind of, yeah. Like it's it's kind of crazy how there's like three distinct eras of Bullet Club all doing their own shit in three different promotions. You're not wrong. Jesus, that's... Everything comes full circle, and it all comes back to Bullet Club. It's all about guns. Is is it fair to say Bullet Club is maybe the most influential faction of the la- of the decade? Mm, I, I think that's accurate. I think it's... it's 100- yeah. I don't think you get a lot of what's going on in pro wrestling without the Bullet Club. So, I, I 100% agree. Like, Finn Balor is would never have gone over 
if not for that. And him leaving leads Kenny Omega to come in and AJ Styles to actually get his career back. Um, yeah. And Marty Skrull gets over based on his Bullet Club. Yeah. Everybody. I could draw a line through everyone here. And unless I point at Chase Owens, pretty much everybody else has gotten over on Bullet Club. Fucking so. Jay White got over. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jay White's doing okay. He's getting better. I I don't know, man. I hear Chase Owens is pretty over in Area 51. I mean, look, I will be honest. Hell. I don't follow a lot of New Japan, but the mm-hmm. couple times I've watched it, I have seen Jay White, and it's just like, this guy is the fucking man. He looks so cool as someone that knows jack shit about New Japan. Oscar, I can't look at you anymore. I just can't even look at you right now. I'm just... Jesus. The point being, this is a pretty good go-home show. Yeah, it was a great go-home show. I think it it got the point... I want more than ever to see Full Gear. Yeah, me too. Again, like I said, I'm disappointed that I can't see... Yeah, and I'm disappointed I can't see Full Gear live, because I'm going to be at a wedding. Maybe I'll leave the wedding early. I probably won't, but that'd be funny. Tell the well, bride and or groom that fuck you, Chris two Jericho. Grooms. Oh, tell the tell the grooms fuck you, Chris Jericho. I, my advice is just this, John: just uh, stay off Twitter and uh, use the don't power have to of tell me twice. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like general good rule: stay off Twitter and uh, use the power of BR Live to watch a replay shortly after the event concludes. Hooray! Well, but to get us hyped about that, we should probably talk about what's going to happen on AW Full Gear this Saturday from Baltimore on BR Live or other pay-per-view platforms. Yes, let's talk about that and what happens at Full Gear, what all the matches are going to be. Interesting. (laughs) Oh, no, 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 no. I don't think you need to. Don't worry about it. I'm pulling Oscar, up the list here. I want you to tell us both all the matches you think are on this card. <laughs> there are no wrong answers, only wrong answers. So I know the main event is Cody versus Jericho. Okay, that's one. Um, there, are, there are nine matches on this card so far. Oh, fuck. I can confidently name three of them. <laughs> Okay, let's hear them. Name those matches. Uh, I'll give you some hints for other ones, but let's hear the the ones that you know of. Omega, yeah, I want you to talk o- first. Omega versus Moxley in an unsanctioned match. Yep. Right, which so will be the matches. final match in the card. Yep, you got two of them. And then SCU versus Private Party? Uh, incomplete answer. Let's hear. Uh, oh, it's a triple threat. Um, yes, it is. SCU Private Party and I'm guessing Lucha Brothers. Correct. Um, Good job. That's three. Are they doing Pac versus Page on this show? They are doing Pac and Page. Wow, you got four. Damn. Um. Oh, the Young Bucks and Santana and Ortiz. Correct. That's five. five. Wow, we are Um, impressed by how you're not screwing this up. Here's a hint. There's two women's matches. Oh, uh, Riho and someone. Who is that someone? You can name anybody. 
Many of them are wrong. One of them is right. <sighs> I'm guessing since she pinned her, it's Emi Sakura? Correct. There we go. Amazing. That's six. You've got six matches. Holy moly. Uh, one more women's match and then two other men's matches. Mm-hmm. The women's match that remains is a very obvious feud. Is it Britt Baker? Yes, who would she She's be She's one of them. With? Oh, who's she feuding with right now? Nyla Rose? Nope, Nyla Rose has not been seen for decades. Uh, I thought she was feuding with Riho. Uh, I'll the give title, you a hit, yes. Oscar. She gave her a concussion. That's the whole point of the feud right now, is that she gave her a concussion. I have no fucking idea. And she also then said some foul stuff on Twitter, and it's a shame that she's the girlfriend of Will Ospreay. Awesome Kong? (laughs) 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 That'd be pretty cool. Uh, It's it's Bea Priestley. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was going to say, Awesome Kong... Does not live in Japan. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's only it's only eight matches. I'm just gonna say the last match because you'll never guess it. It's Joey Janela versus Sean Spears. Oh, they fucking announced that on the show today. Yes, they did, and it was also shown a little bit on dark why that was going to happen when uh, Sean Spears got pissed off at uh, Joey Janela and him putting a coffee or a cigarette in Tolly Blanchard's coffee. And Tolly Blanchard basically wrenching open, with the help of Sean Spears, Joey Janela's mouth and shoving a, a cigarette down his throat. That's cool. Yeah, real cool shit. I will say, Oscar, you got six of the eight matches. I'm impressed. Like, yeah, likewise. I mean, you were really screwing that up earlier, so we were not confident. No, I feel like this probably should have been done when I was fucking up the matches and wasn't... I genuinely wasn't sure who was on the card. Yeah, problem is, is we're doing this right after a show, so you're getting a big advantage compared to earlier on when you hadn't seen any AEW for a week. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But anyway, so, let's let's but, actually do some predictions here. So, B Priestley versus Britt Baker. Probably should be B Priestley, because Britt Baker is over, and B Priestley would benefit from a win, and Britt Baker would not suffer from a loss. I agree with all that. Let me see what the computer says. I also Baker. agree with that. I, I think Brie Peace, Bea Priestley is going to win that. I think that she makes sense as a next uh, as a next opponent against uh, Riho. I agree as well. The computer says Britt Baker has a 59.1% chance. Bea Priestley has a 40.9% chance. Well, that's well, pretty damn. close. So, I'd still give it to... Yeah, B. Priestley. I think it's an upset. I, yeah, I still think that's in within the realm of, of probability that like B. Priestley. I, I still feel confident in that choice. Yeah. Yep. Adam Page versus Pac. Huh. Pac. I think Pac has to win this. I think Pac has to win it. Yeah. Fuck and Adam Page. The computer I mean, says what? Adam Page. Fifty-one point six percent advantage, Page. 
All right. That's that's very close. I think that, yeah, like, I, they've done a really good job of making Paige look, like, mad legit in the past couple weeks, like, and really getting him over. Like, I think they're doing a really good job with him. But I think that Pac needs to win this. Yes, he does. Like, I feel like Pac is kind of like... Line. Yeah, I feel like he's next in line. He, he's kind of, like, dangerously on the precipice of, like, if he doesn't win this, he might kind of fall off. Yep, exactly. Like, they're, I feel like they're in a precarious space with how over he is. Don't put him in Samoa Joe territory. No, absolutely not. He he can... Paige can afford to have to take a break a little bit with his cowboy shit and whatever. Yep, Get they got cowboy shit on. over. He's good. Yep. I still kind of want to see uh, if we're going to delay the MJF turn a little bit. Like, I would like to see an it's MJF. It's got to happen at whatever War Games is. Yep, exactly. I'd like to see an MJF, uh, Adam Page, oddball, kind of like elite adjacent tag team. Where it's like, they hate each other, but they have to work together. And, like, I would like to see that. I'd be down for that. And then this way, if you want to delay your Cody-MJF feud, you can get the MJF-Adam Page feud they've been building since fucking Double or Nothing. That It seems like they've just kind of dropped that. Potentially, I'm going to suggest this as well. Um, I think... After this pay-per-view, you might see Moxley and Paige go at it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Joey Janela versus Sean Spears. So the I chairman's think gotten Sean Spears... like the chairman's gotten two yeah. wins lately. Janela has has not gotten a single win. I feel like it would be stupid uh, to fuck up Spears' like winning streak that he's currently been on right now. Like I think that they're trying to build him back up and it makes more sense to have Spears win when Janela's on like this fucking losing end. But I also kinda want him to give Janela a win. In the last three months, both of them are two and two in matches. Oh, wait, what did you Janela win? Janela win? Yeah, uh, I remember winning well, a single dark. match. In Dark, he won a tag match with uh, Jimmy Havoc. I guess this oh. is what you were saying about how it's like they're going to use Dark to pad out some of those uh, records. They yeah, sure I mean, are. One of, yeah, one of Sean Spears' wins was he won this week on, on Dark against Michael Nakazawa. Exactly. And uh, the other one was um, basically Joey Janela. Uh, well, he beat the Jurassic Express, and then he also beat Brandon Cutler. So wow. both of those well, pretty right. well expected. Yeah, it's like uh, Brandon Cutler. Yeah, he's going to be a jobber for life. So we know that he's literally there to to do that to be a jobber yep. and also film being the elite. It's fine. Yeah, he's cool with it. Yes, we're all cool with it. And and companies need jobbers. Yes, exactly. And in that regard, I think Sean Spears had a good rub going before Cody completely, basically meteored it. I think he needs to get that back. I think he wins this. Yeah. And I don't think that Cody, and, like, it wasn't entirely Cody's fault that he meteored it. It's just, look, it's Cody's the most over baby face in the company. Yeah, and Spears has got a goddamn, basically, guy by his He's got a manager, damn it. He's mm-hmm. got to go up. He can't be, he can't be jobbing out. I still and, feel like they totally wasted the the chair moment. Oh, they have. 100%. Yeah, they have. 
And like this is the meteoring we're talking about, but still. Yep. Um, the computer also says Sean Spears fifty nine point two percent chance. All right, that's less lie. of a chance than I thought. Yeah, yeah it, give it time. It's we're very early on in like the ratings, so I think the biggest upset you can have right now is seventy percent to thirty percent, and that would be Chris Jericho beating up Jungle Boy. Really, that's it's more than if he were to beat Marco Stunt. Yeah, Jungle Boy's the biggest jobber in the business right now. Really? Wow. Yeah. Marco Stunt is the fourth worst. Only ones worse than Marco Stunt are Jack Evans, Joey Janela, and Jungle Boy. Fuck. Even worse than Brandon Cutler. Yeah, Brandon Cutler's only had like a couple matches, so that's why. Alright, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, once he has more matches, he's totally going to be a big jobber. You just wait. The Young Bucks versus Santino and Ortiz. I mean, I would like to see this be be the inner circle just totally dominating the night. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, because again, the Young Bucks can afford the loss, but this is going to be Santana Ortiz's first actual match, I think? Second. They be, or they right, be local they jobbers. The, they were on the debut episode, too, I guess, as the mystery partners. Yeah, exactly. So they, they've they've done a good job thus far. But, but but still though, like this is their first proper like introduction match. I think they have to win. Yeah, I think it's going to be Santana Ortiz. It's their first match. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be Santana Ortiz. They need to catch up some ranking. They need to start looking powerful. They need to be challenging for the titles right after this. Yeah, I, I think that, and you know, we talked about it a bit last week. But yeah, I, I definitely think that is where they're going to go. Is that like SoCal and Sensor is going to win this this triple threat somehow, and then they're going to go up next against Santana and Ortiz, or we're going to take it off them. Yep. And I feel like Santana and Ortiz are going to be the people that it, that eventually do get the the titles onto the Young Bucks. I could see I that. I could see it. That's a good run back right there. And I think Santana Ortiz holding on to it for a while. If I don't know if either of you caught very briefly the countdown promo that Santana Ortiz had, but they were in New York cutting promos on the streets. And those two motherfuckers can talk. They're gems. Can I just say, by the way, that in that fucking Chris Jericho video that Santana said deadass twice and that was the yep. most fucking New York thing I have ever seen on wrestling in my entire life and I loved every single second of it? I didn't know deadass was a, a New York term. Oh, it is a totally a New York term. Because I hear it all the fucking time in Toronto. Well, well you're they very are fucking New York. appropriating us and I will... Come up to Canada myself and fight them. Please come up to Canada. I want to spend. I want to hang out. <laughs> Aww. I will say this just as kind of incentive to watch the promo from Countdown. Ortiz is screaming in a subway about how good he is and how good, proud, and powerful he is. <laughs> in a subway with other people who are watching him as a camera pans around as he's walking through them. So that's really knowledge. Have they acknowledged the P and P acronym, or are they just ignoring that? I think they're ignoring that. They they're doing a good job trying to stress it's proud and powerful, and you know this is what they stand for. They could have done this promo and looked like faces if they weren't fact that they're also Ortiz is crazy as hell. I love it. I love it all. Yeah, I I do too. They're this gonna win. Might actually be good. 
Yeah, they're going to win for sure. SoCal Uncensored versus the Lucha Brothers versus Private Party in a three-way tag team match for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. That's yeah, great. Three, yeah, three-way tag team. Um, great. That broke my computer. Yeah, it's SCU. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta fix that. But I think SCU holds on. Maybe an outside shot. Lucha Bros gets the win back because that was kind of a uh, a very sudden roll-up victory. But I think you're just going to get a good match, and SCU retains. Yeah, that's what I think. I mean, also, my prediction I mean, is this will probably be match of the night. Ooh, yeah. Lucha Brothers and Private Party already burned the house down on uh, Dynamite. And then you add, again. you add SCU to the mix and your chance of a good match go up. I yeah. think it's going to be a very good match. I don't see it being match of the night. You know, match of the night, we yeah, might need to get to that because I think there's going to be a bomb-ass match coming up here. Yeah, definitely. And also, I could, I could just as easily see it being Young Buck Santana Ortiz. Possibly. I'm not so confident on Santana Ortiz as workers, but we'll see. I've not I, seen I, I will yet. say I that really like LAX. I saw, I saw the the Lucha Bros versus LAX match at that AAA show at Madison Square Garden that I saw. Oh shit, yeah. Possibly one of the best matches I have ever seen live. Just the shit. amount of okay. just technical shit going on there. Like I would definitely say go back and watch like go back and find some video of that of that show. That match was fucking awesome. Like I'm not gonna say that like it was necessarily like just the best match per se that I've seen live, but just in terms of like crazy technical shit going on, holy fuck. I say that might be giving me more of an outside chance that Lucha Brothers take the titles very quickly because then the next in line would be Santana and Ortiz. And mm. if they've seen that in Triple A or Triple A, yeah, just fucking let it go at it eventually. God damn it. It'd be pretty but cool. who knows? It would be. But yeah, we're all going with SoCal and Censored? I, I think we is. are. I don't see yeah. it being anyone else. Same. Cool. Riho versus Emi Sakura for the Women's World Championship. Riho. Riho, but I really hope they don't botch too much. And Riho, please learn how to get some strength behind your strikes, you tiny, tiny girl. She just needs to, like, build some muscle mass or something. But then she wouldn't be 98 pounds. She needs to work with Marco Stunt. Yeah, actually, that would be smart. I mean, not not necessarily work in the ring, but, like, train with him. Like, he makes his shit look good. No, I get what you mean. Just, yeah, like... You know, get some understanding of, like, hey, here's how you can, like, use your body as a small person to, like, really still make these moves look powerful and effective. And then, here's how to floss. <laughs> probably work out for Rio. Yeah, I mean, God, she could overdo that. The kids love Fortnite. Play as Rio and Fortnite tonight. Hey, fuck it. If WWE's not going to capitalize on Fortnite, get an AEW skin pack in there. I'll pay upwards of 3,000 V-Bucks. Chris Jericho versus Cody for the AEW World Championship. If Cody loses, he will not challenge for the World Championship ever again. Uh, I'm going to... I'm going to... Go against the grain here, and I'm going to say Cody. 
I am so conflicted because that stipulation really makes it tough. It does make um, it tough. And I'm going to throw it out there. As much as I've been bandying around the theory that, like, hey, it only says if Cody loses, he won't challenge again. So they're going to do a dusty finish where Cody wins by DQ. Like, as much as I, I can totally see that, Cody winning by DQ so he can still challenge for the title again, but Jericho keeps it. I'm also leaning towards Cody just wins. I I'm gonna think- say I'm gonna say Cody wins because Jericho holding the title was mostly, I think, to get eyes on Dynamite. And now that they mm-hmm. have eyes on Dynamite, um now you can have your quote unquote AEW originals. I think I I see where you're both coming from here, and I think it makes sense. I definitely don't think we're going to get a dusty finish on this one because I think Tony Khan will spike that real quick before it gets actually booked. However, I think Chris Jericho wins this. I think he's going to win it through some serious bullshit and in such a way that Cody couldn't possibly stick to his word on this going down the road and that he would definitely back off his word because the interference is going to be so egregious, so awful, and down the road when he finally gets back up to a level where he can challenge again, whomever is holding the title, he'll just say, like, look, the last time when I said that I was expecting a fair match, it was not a fair match. And that's that. I can see it. Yep. Chris Jericho favored 56.6%. That's not surprising. I mean, he's been the champion. He's basically undefeated. He is less again, champion. Though, that's, also, that's also less than I would have thought. Yeah, well, it, Cody's also got a great record as well with yeah. only one loss and one draw. But Chris is 6-0. and All right. And then one match that won't count for your rankings at all because it is a lights-out, unsanctioned match. John Moxley versus Kenny Omega. John Moxley. The fact this is not going to count towards ranking... Conflicts I, me a little bit. I know it means they might give Kenny Omega a win where it won't count. Right. I think Kenny wins this, and then John Moxley goes ballistic and starts an actual championship push at this point. But I don't know. I whatever happens, I think this might be the match of the night. Yeah. No, I'm so excited for this match. I cannot it's fucking yeah, wait. So. And they both had tune-up matches against Janela. <laughs> I think Moxley's going to fucking murder him. Yeah. I want to see Moxley murder Kenny Omega. But I don't know that's going to happen. Well, there's only one way to find out, and that's to watch Full Gear this Saturday over on BR Live or wherever you choose to watch shows. And both you and Oscar are going to do that, and you're going to review it. Yeah, probably uh, Saturday night or Sunday sometime we'll talk about it. I don't know. We'll have to figure that out. But, yeah, we'll have our good long match-by-match talk that is draining, and we would never do it in this format because that would take, like, I don't know, three hours, and you don't have that kind of shit. I've I've been muting the Tai Chi alarm right now. It's going off, like, ballistic on this podcast. Before before we go, I do just have one little bit of AEW news. Okay. 
So AEW in Canada starting December is being moved to TSN one, which is hey! a fun. Uh, apparently, the ratings for AEW are better than SmackDown in this country. Goddamn! And I'm the, so happy. And the fact that I just want to talk about how huge a deal it is that AEW is getting moved to TSN one right in the middle of hockey season. Yeah, because that's a hockey night in channel or hockey night in Canada channel. Yeah, rather. we have fucking bumped hockey. There is no hockey night in Canada on Wednesdays because that's AEW night in Canada. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Use the fucking theme song, you cowards! You own the rights. They do. They bought it from goddamn CBC, <laughs> or well, bought it away from CBC when their contract expired. I forgot that was a whole kerfuffle. Yeah, we don't have time to get into the rights of the hockey theme, but give yep. me Kenny Knight in Canada. Yep. Actually, unironically, give me a Hockey Night in Canada pastiche with Chris Jericho as Don Cherry. Sure. He's wearing the jackets already. He would wear the same jackets. Yep. That's not a Tai Chi alarm. Whatever. That's not the Tai Chi alarm. So yeah, $5 to the Patreon over at patreon.cool is going to get you the review of Full Gear with Trace and Oscar. That'll go up probably like Sunday or something. Get hype. Yeah, for sure. And then on Monday, we're going to be back on the mothership, Owen and I, and I don't know, we'll talk about some fucking shit that I don't care about. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. Just just think about the good stuff over here on Wednesdays. I'll just be in my own little headspace, just being like, uh, this show's happening, and I'm wishing hey, I could Oscar. be asleep. Hey. 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 Hey, Oscar, you want to do the show with me? Because John's not listening to anything I'm doing. Uh, you want to hear what we're having on Raw? I'd love to hear what happened on Raw. Alexa Bliss was there. Um, you know what she did? What did she do? You know, she, she had a match. <laughs> and? And she won. Oh, yeah. Who, who did it's like he's play? right here with us! <laughs> 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 oh, that's mean, but plug your shit. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm at PSCG on Twitter, twitch.tv slash peace egg, mixer.com slash peace egg, those are the actual words. Uh, just watch it or follow, I don't know. Oscar. Um, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Osog the Great. Instagram at Osog the Great, and uh, starting up soon, I'm going to start streaming again over at twitch.tv slash Osog the Great. Ooh, what you can stream? Um, I have been inspired by you to uh, play through the My Career modes in every fucking WWE game. God damn it. What? Inspired by me being like. God, this 2K20 game sounds fucking horrible. Maybe I should finish my 2K15 career. (laughs) And, yeah, look, I'm playing the fucking 2K20 by career mode. It goes places. Are you saying that it's Degrassi? It might be. I've just repackaged my guy now that he's moved to Raw as, as Kid Rock, but with glitter. So basically Kid Rock. Yeah, that's Kid Rock. Yeah. 
I'm from I'm from Metro Detroit area. I know Kid Rock, and that is Kid Rock. <laughs> Except this guy's from Nashville, not Detroit. Okay, well that's what Kid Rock's doing these days. So that is still Kid Rock. <laughs> he sings about being from Nashville, even though he's from Detroit. And he loves the Confederate flag. Yeah, again, Kid again, Rock. Again, Detroit. No, no, no. That that's just Kid Rock that likes the Confederate. Uh, out, oh, yeah, no. Outlaw Outlaw Trey Valentine. Does not stand for the Confederacy. Okay, so he doesn't want to get that's shot good. in Detroit. That's that's he, good. That's he, good. That's smart. He stand. He stands for Ram Ranch. What? Is that a is that a Presley thing? <laughs> get the play the timer. Play the fucking timer. Play the fucking timer. your host john garrick maxwell you can find me a whole myriad of places including instagram and twitter at i am john gm twitch at video underscore shames venmo at i am john because you know pay me pay the man pay the man this has been episode five of heel alternative the best podcast ever according to someone maybe i don't know Check us out over at ProWrestling.cool. That's where we live and we do all our stuff. And until next time, remember, in conclusion, fuck all management. Worker solidarity forever. Workers' rights now. And whose side are you on? Come all ya good workers. Good news to you out there. Around the good old union has come in here to dwell. Which side are you Brought to you by the Zonecast Network. Executive produced by Owen Douglas. Visit zonecast.com.